press the bell icon on YouTube and don't miss another update. Good morning, viewers. Namaste from from Jaipur Dialogue USA. And today we are going to talk about, we are diving straight into a lot of activity that has gone on with reference to Hindu Nagarajas. We recently suffered, thwarted, and were successful in dismantling global Hindutva narrative that was being imposed with a successful launch of our own defeating Islamic narrative as well as fighting and establishing Hindu narrative. Today, I have great pleasure in welcoming two physicians, uh, Dr. Bharat Barai and Dr. Sampat Sivangi. Both of us, both of you are welcome on the show, gentlemen. And uh, you know, very delighted to have you here today because both of you represent a very interesting element of the Hindu diaspora. Dr. Barai is a Democrat. Dr. Sampat Shivangi is a Republican. Uh, what better way to welcome and have this dialogue uh, in America? Uh, what happened to Dr. Barai? Uh, all right, he will bring him up. Uh, so, so let's me begin with one thing, something uh, I'm very keen to know, Dr. Shivangi, is that uh, you have been, you are well known uh, amongst the community in India as well as here because you have been very prominently present on the Indian media as well. So, you know, talking about the Hindu narrative, you know, you are a Republican. Very few Indians are Republicans. Are we in the in the U.S. context? And Dr. Barai is a Democrat, and a majority of Indians are Democrats. So, is it what is it happening here in the case, subliminally speaking, that the Democrats don't care for Indians because we are already Democrats, so they are taking us for granted, and Republicans couldn't care less because, regardless of what they might do, we always end up voting Democrats. So we are kind of a caught in a very respectable profession, respectable community. We are caught in a choice where we really have no choice. We are taken for granted community in this country. Your thoughts on that? Uh, <clears throat> first of all, thank you, Dr. Jayad. Starting this initiative, uh, I think uh, it is uh, timely and very well required uh, dialogue amongst us. Uh, Hindus in America, as well as our counterparts uh, all over the world. I wouldn't right. say just India, because uh, we are all over the world. Um, the reason I was a Democrat when I came in 70s from India, because we carried out, carried over <clears throat> uh, the Russian or, or then uh, Soviet Union influence on India. We came with uh, Nehruite or Nehruism, uh, those democratic principles. And then we were closest allies of a Democratic Party in, in, um, in USA, naturally. So when I came up, President Carter was running uh, for a presidential election. And we, we, we wholeheartedly supported him and voted for him uh, because, uh, as you say, all Democrats uh, all the Indians were uh, with the Democratic Alliance. But I, I realized, especially where I'm in, in the South, in Mississippi, the Democrats are not very welcome 
category and uh, you can see Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas, they are mostly Republican state. And if you want to continue to be in a political process uh, as a Hindu or Indian American, I think uh, I best thought if I, I want to serve my country, uh, which I come from India, is to join the group. Of course, I was very much welcome. Uh, the governor, Haley Barber, <coughs> who was uh, <clears throat> earlier President Reagan's uh, <clears throat> chief of staff uh, in the White House, he invited me to join the Republican Party. And he offered me you know, to be a first delegate ever to be on the Indian American to be the Republican Party convention. So I thought, you know, they were wanting us to join uh, the Republican Party, which I did not <coughs> get it from the Democratic Party because they thought all Indian Americans will be Democrats. So we, we, we wanted to stay in the mainstream America. So that's the reason I think I choose to be a Republican. And I am there for the last uh, 40 years, a Republican. <laughs> and uh, I was honored that I was a delegate five times in a row yeah. at the National Republican Party Convention. And I held uh, positions in President George W. Bush administration, who was a Republican. I, of course, yes. President Trump appointed me in the Republican, uh, Republican Party president uh, into the uh, <clears throat> national mental health. So. You know, uh, we have made contribution as a Republican through India, and uh, I was uh, instrumental in President Bush going to George W. Bush going to India, and uh, I facilitated the those efforts. So I think uh, I think President George W. Bush was instrumental in getting civil nuclear treaty, which no democratic president has ever done. Uh, all, all these uh, 50 last 50 years. So I think uh, we have a more accessibility, President Trump, even though he may have uh, issues uh, personally. But I think he was very close ally of uh, India and friend of India, friend of Modi ji. And uh, he did, he went to India, you know, and he was a very popular president in India. I mean, so these are my few remarks why mm -hmm. Hindus, uh, would like to, I think. Yeah, thank you very much. That's a good, good opening statement. Dr. Bharat, Dr. Rai, you just uh, disappeared for a few seconds when I started the show. And what I was saying is that I have the great pleasure in welcome, perhaps the greatest pleasure in welcoming two of you, both physicians, very prominent, very well known, one Democrat, other Republican. So the, my question to Dr. Sivangi was that is it possible that the Democratic Party is taking Indians for granted because really <clears throat> 80 to 90 percent vote Democrats and the Republicans are of the mindset don't give a damn because they, whatever we do they always vote uh, Democrat. But this is not a conversation about Democrat or Republican. This is a conversation with two of you such prominent people of the community who have been nationally recognized in this country as well as in India for your contribution and affiliations. How do we build up our narrative considering that we have been under severe attack? God knows why. I mean, we are just <clears throat> simple Hindus, as I called myself to be. We are not complicated people. 
but why are we witnessing such barrage of attacks on what I prefer to call, quote-unquote, things Hindu? And what do we do to address that issue, politically as well as socially? Thank you, Vibhuti. Good morning for inviting me on the show. Let me correct it. Yeah. I'm not a Democrat. Oh, you saw I'm, No. I have, been an, I have been an independent. Okay. And in each election, depending upon my perception, I have voted and contributed accordingly. So you can see it on both sides, Democrats as well as Republicans, based on the individual merit of the candidate. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, I have a problem with what you call the extremist in both the parties. Right now, the Democratic Party has been hijacked, blackmailed, held at ransom by the extreme left wing of the party who wants everything to everybody <clears throat> to secure the votes. Doesn't matter how it destroys the economy. I mean, United States has provided the biggest economic engine of prosperity for its people as well as for the world. But these guys don't care about it. And you have seen what has happened in last one week, not trying to allow the passage of the infrastructure bills unless something is done. And Biden is, of course, trying to appease them and find a middle ground. <clears throat> In fact, I had the greatest arguments and spat with Pramila Jaipal, the head of so-called progressive, which I really think is regressive and extreme left wing of the Democratic Party. <clears throat> and she is also a very anti-India person. And I had personal experience two years ago uh, I'm not at a liberty, but I had a lot of conversation with the officials of Indian government, as well as her and her chief of staff, and how they tried to manipulate <clears throat> a meeting with foreign minister or minister of external affairs, Dr. Jay Shankar. <clears throat> so th these people, even though they are of Indian origin, they have very little sympathy. She is aligned more with the extreme left-wing, as well as Islamic extremists, Rashida Talib, and other people in the party. Now, yes, as Hindus, we find that sometimes we are an attack. Uh, it's really a combination of left-wing fascist or communist, <clears throat> and other side, Islamic extremist that we are seeing in India, that there's two extreme lobbies for their own selfish interest, don't care what happens to the country. Certainly they don't care what happens to the Hindus. One would not, they, they would never criticize what is happening in China. <clears throat> there is a total lack of freedom. There is activity, crushing, violence, jailing in China. They have no concern. When the Uyghur Muslims, more than a million of them, are jailed or put in concentration camps in China, no Islamic country has any problem with it. They don't even speak a word about it. <clears throat> but if four Muslims over a period of seven years were allegedly lynched for whatever purpose, 
they raise big hue and cry. They even go to the various cities and try to condemn India because this happened to four people. While in city of Chicago, every weekend in summer, four to five people are killed. They never talk about that. But they talk about four people over a period of seven years in a country of 1.4 billion, something happened to them. <clears throat> Unfortunately, crimes occur anywhere. The very same reporter of Sun Time, Ms. Hussein, who had been campaigning against India, writing against Hindus in Chicago Sun Times, and when we sent the rejoinder, won't even print. Finally, we took paid advertisement and gave the rejoinder to all the points. When I said, okay, let's now talk about the right of women in Afghanistan, silent. She does not even care to respond to my emails. So <clears throat> we are seeing this basically uh, in Gujarati, I'll use this word, not everybody will understand. Bodhi Bamani no Everybody thinks, Garib ki joru sabki babi. So all these people think that Hindus are Garib Admi. They are not united. They are not there. But Vibhuti, the Hindus are rising. We are reinventing ourselves. <clears throat> yes, for 600 years, we were under the occupation and rule by the Mughal invaders. The same guys came from Afghanistan. These were the Talib previous Taliban versions. What they are doing in Afghanistan now to their own people, they did it to millions of Hindus. There has been a big Holocaust. Where did even Afghanistan come into picture? Where did Pakistan come into picture? It was all conversion by force, by sword of Hindus. <clears throat> then came the 200 years of British rule, where they were more interested in economically exploiting India and whatever little conversion they tried to do. Now, it's almost 74 years, and Hindus have become independent. Not everybody realizes that part, that for 800 years, we were under the subjugation and occupation of the terrorism of Islam and Britishers. And unfortunately, those who have come from India in this country, <clears throat> including some of the professors, their education in India was financed by the poor people of India. I studied in medical college in Baroda. You know what was my fee for a term? 246 rupees, which will come to about little over $3 per term. So $6 per year. <clears throat> now, if I'm not grateful to the people of India who finance my medical education at such an extraordinary cheap rate, and then start talking about big philosophies, so some of, yes, I've also served on the faculty of Indiana University Medical School for over 30 years. But some of these guys, and there are about 1,200 of them who have put their name, and we are going to publish their name for common people so they can shame these people <clears throat> to try to please their masters. You know, this is the Darbari philosophy or Darbari mentality. Even in time of Mughals and Britishers, some used to be by Ji Hajur, Ji Hajur, sit in the mm -hmm. Darbar. So these guys who are now in this so-called faculties, they are trying to be jihajur to try to show, oh, oh they are not pro-India, they are not this, they have to be anti-Hindu. They think that it's a badge of honor for them, but in my opinion, it's a badge of shame for them. Yes, if there are some problems in Hinduism, and there are problems in every religion in the world, <clears throat> we try to correct it and move forward. I mean, there are a lot more problems in Islam that we have in Hinduism. But if there are problems among Hinduism, 
Yes, we'll address them. And actually, they are being addressed. <laughs> they talk about almost Dalit, Dalit, Dalit. Here, President of India is a Dalit. The Vice President of India, Venkaya Naidu, he is OBC. The Prime Minister Narendra Modi, he is an OBC. What more they are talking about Dalit everywhere? Congress thinks that they are the first one to bring a Dalit Chief Minister of Punjab. Hey, wait a minute. They forget the Prime Minister, President and Vice President under BJP are all Dalit or OBC. So the false narrative that has been created because nobody has been countering them. <clears throat> it's good that when the cities started passing anti-India, anti-Hindu resolutions, people protested. It did not succeed everywhere. I'm gratified that with the help of our colleagues in Chicago area, we this was the first time that in a major city, this resolution was defeated. We are not sure even two days ago that we had the votes. But when we were talking in our group, I said, hey, guys, if we go down, we go down like Shivaji and Rana Pratap. So let's keep on fighting. And thank to the effort of our team, we were able to be successful in defeating this. And the so-called uh, Council for American Islamic Relationship, they are the biggest one, bigots. They are the ones who spearheaded it. Some of their emails came in our hand, which were private emails. And they are being financed by the Islamic extremists. And they are the one who are spewing the propaganda and poison against the Hindus. They are the one who are coordinating all these efforts, not just in Chicago. They are doing it all over USA. And most recent attempt they tried to do in Seattle against the Jews also, same council. But fortunately, we had a lot of coordination with our Jewish colleagues in Seattle. They talked to me several times. They wanted to find out how did we defeat it in Chicago. And I shared our experience, you know, what things work, what did not work. And our Jewish friends were also helpful to us in Chicago. So I think what we'll have to do is we realize that there are so many Darbari Hindus and you are not going to get help from them. Let's try to shame them, make it public that, okay, here is where your dad was a Darbari. On the other side, we write the letters to those university administration, pointing out the hollowness and the hypocrisy of the so-called professors. And third, we carry on our campaign as it is. Look, we will have to be volunteers for our own religion, for our own country of origin, and don't expect anything, no awards, nothing. The biggest award we get is if we are successful, we did it for our country, we did it for our religion. Thank you so much, Dr. Barai, for such a powerful, bold uh, statement that you made. You mince no words. You called evil out. And I applaud you for that. And I've known you for a while. We were, when Prime Minister Modi was there two years ago, just <clears throat> after 70, we were on TV together on We on TV, analyzing his speech. And so it is a pleasure to know you for as long as I do. And I'm delighted to have your bold statement about don't expect a reward, don't expect any return. The return is the survival and our own welfare. This, these are very powerful words. Dr. you had- Can I just say, Vibhuti, yeah. I'll end up by quoting Lord Krishna, Karmani va adhikaraste maafaleshu kadachana. Correct. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Because I was coming to that. You know, two of the issues you both of you touched upon was 
part of my conversation because sympathy up you mentioned about how you know the indian community during george bush's reign prepared so properly to ensure that this happened now i did not meet you then but i met dr barai in washington dc when he narrated that how the chicago black caucus was managed and managed and approached and reached out to make this to gather and garner their support this particular conversation is not publicly known will never be publicly known but today i want both of you to talk about it as to how the whole nuclear deal went through because it was a critical piece of legislation on which indians of all affiliations <coughs> collaborated <coughs> coordinated and mobilized the world so i would want to say that just as barai dr barai has said uh, that how to go about it how to stand up and contest my specific question here would be related to that how the caste narrative bogus narrative of caste has been imposed on us through equality labs and caste is being treated as a protected element of the hindu life here so my appeal to you is how do we contest these coordinated attacks on things hindu why is it that we the most peaceful community in the world we are not a law and order problem in any country of the world as immigrants why is it that we have become a bone that people want to beat us with yeah um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> i will go in uh, two ways a two perspective of of mine one is on uh, you mentioned about the civil nuclear treaty uh, <clears throat> which was uh, uh, initiated and carried over and successfully got approved in the both houses of congress president george w bush did that actually i had hosted a lunch for him in jackson mississippi uh, when he was president and um, and i was at a delegate of about 10 15 indian americans to be there and uh, first of all <clears throat> excuse me george w bush was the first president to host the <clears throat> diwali event in the white house no other president <clears throat> democratic or any other uh, uh, denomination ever had a diwali uh, function in the white house so i made him to promise me in jackson mississippi that <clears throat> he, i we had a lunch with him in august in october november that year he hosted he never forgot he hosted a, a big biggest diwali event ever in the history of uh, 200 years of us so we you know we as hindus we are trying to get there and it is taking a longer time and as dr barai said there are many hindus not as much as uh, uh, feeling or religious beliefs like uh, i have or you have but barai has they may not have uh, they are lean so maybe they are just like anaya kumar uh, the the leftist the communist now joining the Uh, congress party of india i mean so such uh, people are have infiltrated into many universities in us like they are kanai kumars of uh, india they are in us so their leftist their thinking is different i don't think they are uh, 
you know, they care much about India. They look up, as Dr. Farai said, they look after themselves. What is good for them? If they go against Hindus and Indians, they may get a promotion, they may get a raise. Who knows what's going on? I mean, it is uncalled for. I never seen anybody, uh, you know, being what you are and you go against your own uh, religion, your own desire, your own belief. It's uh, unthinkable. You know, I would condemn wholeheartedly. My feeling is we need to reach out to the, the higher ups like chancellors of the universities and see why this is being propagated, why is being allowed uh, such a, it's a condemnable uh, thing. I think we as a Hindus and Indian Americans, we need to reach out to, we, we can. We have, a, we have the financial resources, we have uh, personal uh, influence with congressmen and senators, and that can be brought. I don't think I will, in my state, in the state of Mississippi, I will make sure that will never such a thing happen <clears throat> in my state. Nobody can go against uh, Hindus and have a, such an outrageous uh, a, um, announcement against, against Hindu. It will never, I think that's why we need to be united in each state, like Dr. Parai said. You know, we have to have a group of Hindus who believe in what we think is right. And we're not saying that Christianity is wrong or Islam is wrong. We're not saying anything. Why are they worried about Hindus? What, what, what harm have we done to any religion ever in the history of 5,000 years? Never. We never conquered, never went to, against anybody. Why is that, is that we, we are being targeted? I have no idea. And if you know, Dr. Ja, let me know. <laughs> Thank you very much. You are totally right. That's what I'm saying all the time. <clears throat> is that we are the most peace-loving immigrant community anywhere in the world. We are, as once a senator told, I, mean, I was not going to tell people about your, uh, both of you, having an outstanding political connections in this country and back home as well. I would, But you said that, you know, George W. Bush and President, both of you are very, very well connected. So that's why my appeal to you is that just as Dr. Barai said, just as you said, why are they after us? That's because they think that we are slaves and they will be able to yeah the point that I was coming to you Dr. Barai was this very fact that you know you and our profession we are professionals we are professionals in a doctor's cabin or a doctor's surgery table they don't know religion right illness doesn't have a religious monopoly just as money doesn't have a religious monopoly. We need to take this forward. And I totally agree with both of you that we have to change our own narrative. You know, as you said, that Hindu is awakening and asserting is a Swami Vivekananda's famous statement, which I have been parroting and talking about it. It's time for Hindus to awaken, arise, assert. And I added my fourth A to that is act. Don't sit idle. Be take the steps to do that. So Dr. Barai Apsip, the question that I want to raise is that one of the attacks that is happening in this country is about caste basis. Equality Lab did a bogus study, and I dare say that, and I invite them to contest my assertion that their study is bogus. <clears throat> I'm willing to take you on. So if anybody who is a supporter of Equality Lab, <clears throat> come and have a discussion on that. I'm here to ask Dalit, if you feel victimized, 
because of your being a caste-based person in this America, in reality, I have been telling people in India that one of the reasons why the Indians are prosperous in this country is that we have no caste war and American society doesn't rec recognize these kind of discriminations. So the point of the matter is that how are we stuck with a caste narrative imposed upon us by others? And what must we do to do that? How do we dispel that thought? Vibhuti, there are people who think that they can divide the Hindus. That's what <laughs> the Britishers tried to do during the 200 years. Now, some of the left-wing guys, if Hindus get united, which is happening largely in India, if not completely, then they would not be able to play the Darbari role. BJP has done a great job of trying to assemble the Hindus under the Hindu label rather than allow them to be divided. So the people in India, or sorry, some people here, the left wing, they want to slice off a section of Hindu by calling them Dalit. Tell me what happens here. Is any Indian, I don't even know who is Dalit, who is Brahmin, who is, I don't know. <clears throat> Second thing, <clears throat> there are mixed marriages taking place even among the states. My own son-in-law, one of them is Tamil, another one is Sindhi. So we, we don't try to even think of it. We try to think of it ourselves as Hindu. But when you want to split the society, okay, try to tell you are Dalits, even though nobody tells them that they are Dalit here, <clears throat> they get the same rights as anybody else. Are they trying to say that in the United States, Dalits are being discriminated against? Nobody even knows that they are Dalit, but they want to sort of splinter them off. So they think that you can create a majority of the Darbaris, the Muslims, and by trying to splice off Dalits. Unfortunately, that's not working. I mean, they're they are trying to do that. That is an effort. But even in India, you can see here, the Dalits are enjoying the reservations, both in parliament, they are holding high positions, and educationally, they get their admissions, they get their jobs, and they are also economically as prosperous. In fact, many people say that in India, probably the Brahmins are the ones who are kind of lower economic strata. They say, they always say, Garib Bichara Brahmin. So <clears throat> those people are always being put even though, quote-unquote, they might be yeah. respected. So, the unfortunately, this guy's the left wing, and I think George Soros has been called as one of the guys who is financing this so-called Equality Lab. Uh, yesterday, somebody sent me something about George Soros. The Chinese Communist Party called him the evilest man. I said, this is one rare exception where I will agree with Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> about calling George Soros the evil man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a common point here now. Fortunately, we are, can ally with the Chinese with reference to exposing the evil of George Soros or whatever he is. Dr. Sa Dr. Shivangi Saab, you know, like Bharatji said something very important, and I totally agree with that, is that this is somebody, something which was told to me by a professor in the university, that majority of the Indian professors, and I do not know that I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to disprove or prove one way or the other. So take my word as it comes. I'm quoting a professor who said 
that a lot of Indian teachers in the academics here, they are all left-oriented. They were back home uh, leftists who came to America. They found this as an easy job, tenured, permanent, living a life and changing the minds, influencing the minds. So this is what has led to the woke culture in America. I'm not saying only Indian professors, but there is a woke culture in America where, the, according to them, everything else is wrong except them or what they say. We are being attacked. And I keep wondering, you have a deep penetration in the minds of politicians. Share your thoughts about why are we Hindus taken such a target? One of the reasons Dr. Barai said that we have been a slavish mentality, colonial mindset ruled by others. Your take on that, how do we repel, repulse, and throw that entire thing because none of us are victims of, none of us are colonial mindset. All three of us are professionals, very proud of ourselves. And I am very delighted to be part of the group of people like yourselves that we stand on our own feet without fear or favor from any community. How do we take that, this bold community, this successful community, how do we take that next step forward? Yes, I think uh, if you uh, look at uh, what Indian Americans, especially Hindus, have done in USA and Canada, we have built, you know, which country in in last 25, 30 years, we have built hundreds of temples. Which country can you show that uh, Hindus have built uh, Hindu temples? across United States, you can never see anything such of uh, unity amongst ourselves. But of course, we did not think uh, that the other religions, uh, we are minority, of course, we are the least, we are less than a percentage of population of United States. But uh, if you go, every city, Hindus have uh, maybe minimum one temple. In Jackson, Mississippi, where I am, we have four temples, a, a town of 200,000 people. I mean, we are there, but we are not united. Uh, of course, we believe in different sects, so each sect has its own temple. Uh, th- th- what I'm trying to tell is we are divided. We are united as Hindus, but uh, again, we are subsects. That makes a lot of difference. And uh, that we need to have a, just like Swami Vivekananda, somebody who can unite us. I think we are divided amongst ourselves. That is our biggest weakness. And we never are together. Of course, we meet once in Diwali or once on Independence Day together. Otherwise, we are not, uh, we are a fabricated society. Uh, that's happened in in last 5,000 years. And that is reflecting in the U.S. The same reason, I think, uh, uh, we, as Dr. Barai said, we need to be united. Whatever, okay. you know, so this, Hindus. Dalits are Hindus. Why are they considering themselves as uh, non-Hindus? I think we need to maybe assimilate them more. I think we have done uh, much, but I think we have uh, more room to do it. We need to assimilate them, be part of them make them a chairman of a, uh, Hindu temples, wherever they are. They may bring um, more people into the community, uh, more propagation of Hinduism, 
And, uh, you know, as uh, Dr. Barai said, you know, we have four congressmen from, in, in the U.S. of Indian origin. Uh, Mr. Rokhanna, Jaipal, of course, Raja Krishnamurti, and uh, Dr. Amipera. See, Dr. Amipera became, he was Hindu, now he became a, a Christian. Uh, I think the, Jaipal, I think also, I think uh, Christianity oriented, of course, uh, Rokhanna, and uh, we are not sure about him, but uh, he is not very in favor of India. And Raja Krishnamurti is only Hindu uh, congressman in the U.S. Congress, in spite of we are having a four congressman. I think that means there's something, you know, I cannot describe why this is happening. And why do we uh, sell <clears throat> ourselves for uh, other religions? I have you, no idea. You are, you are asking a question and also giving an answer. Dr. Ami Bera, the honorable congressman. I did not know that he had converted to Christianity. So if, yes. your, if your statement is correct, uh, that's really sad because he's already a professional as a doctor, whether he's a PhD or an MD, I don't care about that. But the fact that he's a privileged guy, a member of Congress, and he converted to Christianity, that is nothing else but protecting his little seat out there. <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it is. So this is a very important part. Both of you are very active community people and uh, you know the, the unity is the word you know I, I can tell you one thing is that i have said so on my programs and i believe in it unity is not something that is existing in our closet or a cupboard that we put on the jacket and we have unity unity is always behind a purpose so dismantling hindutva globally was a purpose that we recognized that we are not threat to anyone we are not threat to anyone. We live a peaceful life. We actually blame, believe in live and let live philosophy. You know, we leave us alone. As you very rightly said, Dr. Shivangi, that we have no problem with Christians and Muslims. And I say that with pride, that if you found your way as Jesus <clears throat> as the only savior, good for you. Let me find my path. What makes you think that my Krishna is wrong? Likewise, if you found that Allah is supreme and that's where you have found your ultimate peace, that's cool. Leave me alone. And that's what we must resist, that you know, demanding reciprocity from them. This word is very critical. We must demand reciprocity from them, from other communities. That if you, if you are asking to build a mosque or a temple, mosque or a church, we have the right to build a temple. That's where you establish equality. So, Dr. Barai, I totally agree with you, and I'll stand by you and offer my platform that those people who are anti-Hindu or are, are, are acting, behaving anti-Hindu, let's shame them. Let's shame them. Let's, let's ask them why. <coughs> and I will, today I'm using this platform to invite everybody who is concerned about the caste thing in America. If you are Dalit, if you are whatever your complaint is, let's talk about it. Let's discuss. Instead of becoming victim of research. You know, Doctor, <coughs> we have to choose what will be the most effective weapon. Last night I spoke at the Indian consulate and we talked about Gandhian philosophy. And that method was appropriate against the Britishers who were at least half civilized, 
and had their own parliament in London, whatever worth it was. But if you have enemy like Taliban, clearly Gandhian philosophy is not going to work. Yeah. There you need <coughs> AK-47, tanks, howitzers, and aircraft to bomb them. So we will have to judge who our enemies are. For those who are at the university level, the left-wing Darbaris, will have to fight them accordingly at the university level. But we should not hesitate to fight back and express our views. I believe more in the philosophy of Lord Ram. Yes, we don't want to harass anybody. Let everybody live in peace. But when you start poking us, when you start attacking us, we say that if Ram did not use his arrows, he would not have gotten his Sita back. <laughs> So we have to be prepared to wage a struggle, use our resources, intellectual, financial, physical, weapons, whatever it is, as a society, depending upon who the enemy is and what will be the best way to tackle them. It may be simply intellectual or it may be simply as a country, India has to use the best weapon and we realize we have bad neighborhood, Pakistan and China, both are not going to sit in peace for their own selfish purposes. And just as India is modernizing its armed forces so that these guys can be taught a lesson if they go in misadventure. As Sampath pointed out, we have never invaded others territory, nor do we have intention of doing it. But if you do invade the territory, we want to make sure that next time you think 100 times, before doing this misadventure. That's the kind of reply they should get. Brilliant. Oh, God. The, you, what you said is music to my ears because that's the kind of thing which I have been saying, that you've got to understand your enemy. You've got to know your enemy. Nature of the beast is critical to know. If if we know they are in you pair, as my famous example is, that hiding behind the bush, if there is a bear, then you know that the climbing up the tree is not the safest way to save yourselves. At the same time, if it is a bunch of dogs, then you know what to do. The climbing on the tree becomes a choice to go up. So that's when it is important to understand it critically. So Dr. Sampath, one of the key things that Dr. Barai has been saying is that we have to take it on. Uh, you know, we have to take them on as you are. Both of you are highly politically connected. Why aren't the congressmen and senators listening to us? What must we do? As in, you have the access and the reach to the highest level of political circles. Both of you. I'm, I'm, I'm calling on behalf of all my viewers and listeners. Where do we go from here? That's a key question. Knowing what we know now, we do not need to do purva paksha for our enemies. We know them, what they want to do to us. Whether it's any whether Trishke or whether anybody else, or Equality Labs or Pramila Jaipal or, or you know, Ro Khanna, these people bother my you know, conscience big time. And now that I know Ami Bera has turned Christian, I say, welcome to your faith, but why? I should ask this question to him. So the question is, how and where do we go from here? But one thing I'll tell you, it's not the division amongst us. The division amongst us exists because in my opinion, there is no 
clear leadership that attracts people, just as Prime Minister Modi did, attracted people to his own aura of management styles. So right now, Mr. Modi is the unmitigated leader. I, I, I applaud him because he fits into the definition of leadership the way we do in our work is that he defined the country, built the mood, and he gave a shape and size to his ambitions and plans, which everybody has accepted. Those who have not accepted, that's fine, but they will all join along because not everything happens at the same time. Your thoughts on that going forward from here, what are the two things which are uppermost in your mind, given the fact that it is not resources that are a problem in India or for Indians, it is the attitude which is. How do we address that? My, my take on this is, uh, of course, it is not a political issue. So I don't know how many congressmen and senators would uh, bat for us at the various no, levels. No, no, no. One, one thing, just, just interruption. No, no, it is a political issue because there were a whole bunch of congressmen who were whose parties were responsible for issuing anti-India resolutions on acts passed in Indian parliament. Indian, Indian talukas and Indian municipalities do not issue statements or resolutions on Black Lives Matter or racial abuse in America. What a right does American local council, councilmen have to issue a resolution? Yeah. I'm told that a lot of money was paid for that to do that. I think it's at the... Of course, I agree that uh, it's, it's starting at uh, at the local, like municipal levels, council levels. Uh, if we are not careful, if we don't united, uh, join together, it, it may go to the U.S. Congress and the U.S. Senate and to the White House. The division will continue to go up. I think, Doctor, as Bharat said, that we need to nip this in the buds. The only way is we have to be united and uh, we have to have uh, Hindu societies like uh, anywhere else in, in, in India. And uh, there is no harm in meeting the US congressmen or senators uh, because before it goes to that level, I think we need to be very careful, try to tell them who we are, how united we are and uh, how religiously we are we have freedom of thought and thinking and uh, our beliefs are no different than any other religion except extreme religions which i don't want to say uh, here uh, because we don't want to make any adversaries and enemies we want to be together i think as hindus i was telling that only way is if dalits are upset <coughs> with us bring them in like uh, just like uh, we, um, uh, Prime Minister Modi did it. He appointed Dalit as the president of India. Maybe we should bring uh, some of the Dalits who are unhappy with us in the US, bring, bring them in our temples, bring them in Indian societies, uh, communities, and give them a higher uh, stake in the uh, administration and see what happens. If they come around and uh, be with us, I think uh, that is the best thing ever can happen to Hindus and uh, um, all Hindus in the entire world, you know. I think we are making the progress. I think uh, somewhere, I don't know where we missed. 
and that opportunity. I, I think the best way is if I am in one state, uh, try to meet the uh, those people who are have uh, grievances against Hindus. What is their problem? How can we resolve? How can we get together and um, move on? I, I don't think we should let it go beyond uh, today's stage. I think uh, we, a uh, few of us who are in the in the community, who, who we think we are leaders, I think we need to move forward. I think we be, we need to take an extra step to please these people. I mean, there's no point in, why not we have a dialogue with them rather than uh, attacking them? You know, let's have a Excellent. dialogue. And, Excellent uh, suggestion, Dr. Shivangi. I, I take that cue from you and I repeat my offer. If there are, if you know, if any of the viewers knows some Dalit, I do not know anybody. Let me tell you that, frankly, truthfully speaking. I know I have never asked anybody's caste, nor will I ever ask anybody's caste. But if you know amongst yourselves that there are Dalit people who are unhappy for whatever reason, <clears throat> come on the show. Let's talk about it. I'm offering this platform to you. I'm likewise offering the platform to the youth, your children, your grandchildren, Whoever is watching, bring your college grades youth and let's talk to them as to what are they, what is their uh, beef against being a Hindu? I mean, I've been hearing strange stories about that. The youth have already been brainwashed in this country in the quasi-communist leftist ideology. Dr. Bharat, uh, you know, it has been wonderful to see, hear your bold prescription, if I may use the doctor's uh, uh, you know, prescription model. You know, taking forward, you have the last word for the day. Then we will take on some of the questions that have come from the audience. Is that defining one or two quick steps? I have offered my platform, and I would say that shaming them, those who are anti-Hindu, like Amibera. I mean, I'm disappointed. Let me tell you that I'm very disappointed to know that after being a congressman, he has turned. Up become a christian be there as it may you have free to follow your Yabuti, religion tell us i don't i don't know that part one way or other i knew that his wife was not a hindu but okay. whether he has converted i don't know i mean i do talk to him but i've never touched that topic That's right. we don't ask yet. you know no there, there are two issues i want to bring up one is the abuse of human rights it started out as a good thing and we all uphold the human rights but now every terrorist has also hijacked the word human rights to protect <laughs> themselves. And every left-wing extremist, when you want to attack somebody and there is no rational basis for it, you raise the issue of Hindu human rights and then use it selectively as you think fit. So even if one person gets harmed, you raise the bogey of human rights, but selectively ignore if 1,000 other people are killed, abused, the women are left out of job, left out of universities. So human, now I have become very skeptical of the word human rights. And the Bultanya, Asli Nakli, who yeah. is Asli human rights and who is Nakli human rights. Right. Talking about <coughs> how to go about with the politicians. Obviously, we all have learned our own ways. And I'm, Sampath has learned his ways. I have learned my ways. But as I analyze, the politicians need three things. Vote, money, and you can call it communication. We have some votes, maybe about 
not sufficient, but at least it matters. It's not 0.1%. And if we decide to vote against a congressman or senator based on his or her stand against Hindus, that is one way. Second is money. <clears throat> Fortunately, it's not just enough to say in all the meetings that we are the richest right. ethnic group. You know, that boasting doesn't help. Yeah. You have to use that money to try to use it for the benefit of the community. So unless you try start writing the checks where appropriate. Now, one thing I do after Pramila Jaipal's experience, for whom I had financed in the first election, any candidate that comes to Chicago area and asking for financial thing, I ask a very blunt, open question. Are you going to be like Pramila Jaipal, take our money and then go against India and Hindus, or you are going to be with Hindus and India? I ask blunt question. And that is in presence of everybody. So now the guy is put to test. Either he says yes, otherwise I say, I tell him bluntly, I'm not going to contribute a penny to you. And I'm sure the people who are there get the message about their contribution. So that is one way that the next generation that is trying to contest election, sure, they need money. And believe it or not, they come to Indians first for their support, including Pramila Jaipal, Raja Krishnamurti, Ami Bera, Rokhana, everybody comes to Indians first. So we should start questioning them. And mass appeal in the areas wherever we have Indian population, if there are a bunch of committed Indians in that particular constituency who will con keep contact with their congressmen and give their views, at least they are hearing that, hey, this community is active and it's uh, advocating its own role, advocating its own views, conveying to the congressman or senator. Uh, Vibhuti, I, can I take off for a few minutes while you are doing the questions because I have to take care of something else? Uh, you mean to say you will go and come back or? Uh, you well, either way is fine with me, but I need to be out for 15 minutes. Or oh, 15 minutes, we will be probably over with the show. Uh, okay, let know. me take the first question if there is, and then I can okay, sign off. I'll come to you on that. Uh, you know, Dr. Sampada and Dr. Bharat Barai, wonderful to have you here with such frank and honest conversation that we have had with on, on this on these on this particular matter. You know, there is one thing which I wanted to ask because a lot of NRIs, Indians in India, who are watching this show, perhaps, they have reservations about us NRIs. You want to do something, come to India and do it. You we guys are considered something like, uh, oh, we left the country. But I, I don't believe in that thought process. But what I do believe <coughs> is, is that I want you to share the story you shared with me and some of us in D.C., Dr. Barai, when you talked about how you attended to the needs of the Black Caucus and the Black legislators in Chicago towards pushing <coughs> the nuclear deal. That's a remarkable story that everybody needs to know because everybody has a contribution to make on a platform where you can. And that's what we have to remember, that to use your clout wherever you are in whatever you can whether it is removing swastik as a hate symbol or its nuclear deal. So, but Dr. Bharat, you... Well, I'll share with you three stories yeah. out of nuclear deal. One with the Black Caucus. Jesse Jackson Jr. 
he was our friend in Chicago area. And we used to go quite a bit out with him whenever he would have something for the black children, we would come and we would contribute. I was not the only one, there were other people also. And this was again like Karmaniya we never asked anything for all these years. So we went to Jesse and of course invoked Gandhi, uh, uh, King, the minorities. And we became good friend and we said that this nuclear deal will provide power which will be necessary for the upliftment of the poor people, the farmers and other people. And he was on board that story. And he pro promised us that he will get us the vote. In my opinion, the real credit for the nuclear treaty in USA, as you are said, most people don't know about it, goes to the blacks and Hispanics. <coughs> So he promised, he personally campaigned, and I think Mel Watts was the chairman of the Black Caucus in 2007. He helped, and I think we got 41 out of 45 black votes. They had promised us about 35. We also did a function on Capitol Hill with the Indian ambassador coming up there. So they delivered 41 out of 45 votes. The Louis, Congressman Luis Gutierrez, and it was a personal lobbying by Jesse Jackson, as well as Mel Watts on our behalf. Luis Gutierrez, who was from Chicago, a Hispanic congressman, same thing, many times he will come to us, oh, we have this Hispanic event, that event, we need $500 prize or this, this, and we'll always donate money. There are other people too. <coughs> when we went to him and requested his support, you know what he said? He said, Barai, you have been our friends. You tell us what to do. We have no interest one way or other in the nuclear treaty. <laughs> you know, it was not a Hispanic issue. But because of years of association with them and contributing to their needs as and when, he, can, he uh, arranged a meeting of all Hispanic members of Congress. Uh, I would name the congressman because he is a secretary now, Luis Becerra, in his office when he was a congressman called the Hispanic congressman, we presented our case, and we got most of the Hispanic votes too. So during a conference call with Nancy Pelosi, and I was on that call for this nuclear treaty, <coughs> when I told her that Congressman Jesse Jackson and Congressman Luis Gutierrez will co-sponsor this resolution, her words were, get lost. <laughs> she did not believe it, how would Jesse Jackson and Luis Gutierrez co-sponsor a resolution that comes from George Bush. <laughs> but it was not George Bush. We said, forget about George Bush. When George Bush came back, he had only 180 votes of the Congress, Republican. So we said that, how do we stitch together a majority? And the majority came from the Black Caucus, the Hispanic Caucus, and some of the congressmen, democratic congressmen, where we had good Indian population or the Indians had good rapport with them. So that is how we stitched it. Same way was with Obama when he was the US Senator, I had several meetings with him and tried to coach him. But I'll tell you a story about Joe Biden. Prime Minister Manmohan Singh sent the Petroleum Minister Murli Devra. Murli Devra I knew very well because in the Senate, there was not a single co Democratic co-sponsor. They were all Republicans. <clears throat> Murli Devra came, 
and said, Bharat Bhai, the PM has sent me. And he knew that I knew Senator Evan Bai, who was a senator from Indiana, my state. At least try to get him on board because you know him well. So we met privately with Senator Bai, myself, Murli Devra, and Senator Bai in his office. And I requested him to co-sponsor. He agreed with the proposition, but he said, I, want, I don't want to be the first person to co-sponsor this <coughs> alone. He said, if there are at least two other prominent <coughs> Democratic senators, he will do it. So Ramesh, we gave him the assignment to take care of John Kerry, and Ramesh delivered. We are talking we about went, Ramesh the fool. Yes, he, right. he did a great job. Right. And we went to Senator Joe Biden's office since he was on the Foreign Relations Committee there. I distinctly remember, and we took David Wilhelm with him, who is from Chicago. So this is all Chicago mafia connection. <laughs> and David Wilhelm and Senator Biden, uh, I mean Senator Biden at that time had announced that he was going to contest for the president. So they are a little more receptive. But I remember we presented our case to Senator Biden in his office. And actually, I have a picture of that. I was sitting with him. And he was the first one to announce. He said, I'm not going to do this for myself. I'm going to do it for my children and grandchildren and for the relationship between the two countries. So Senator Biden was the first Democratic <clears throat> senator to openly commit to sponsoring the nuclear treaty. John Kerry and Senator Biden, uh, Senator Bai were the next two. This is the story. That's how we got the Democratic co-sponsor. That's so brilliant a story, and I'm delighted that you shared it. And I'm delighted that I remembered when you talked about this in Washington, D.C., in the hotel where we met. And it is so important for all of us to know. So here is a classic example. We were talking about unity. Here is Dr. Sampat Shivangi, a Republican, a Bush supporter. And here is Dr. Bharat Barai, uh, independent. I would correct myself. So am I, the independent. And, uh, you know, who played the role of the Sarathi, if I may say so, in navigating the big tussle. So here is the answer. How do we achieve unity? Unity of purpose is the key word here. So I would urge both of you, you know, I would urge both of you to take the leadership role along with several people that I know in New York area, here in Long Island and other places, you know those people. If we create a coalition of leaders of diverse cause and make the prioritize those causes, one, two, three, four, five, and create, a, you know, nodal groups that each leadership group comes and commits to, working on that level. So I am committing here now that if you know people in Equality Labs, I'm here to discuss the caste-based bogus narrative that they are building. If there are Dalits, come and talk to us. Tell us what is your actual grievance in America. I'm not here to talk about Indian grievances that you have. But here in the United States, if you have any grievance, let's talk about it. Why is that you are falling victim to the manipulations of those who want to divide and rule us. So with these words, I will end this conversation today. Sampaji, you have been an outstanding uh, Republican, but we have to also create a cloud. And I opened the statement by saying, because Democrats know that 90% of the Indians vote Democrat. They are taking us for granted. Republicans know that, hey, 
this is uh, only 10% guys are Republicans, their votes don't matter. So this is what is important. So let's take the questions, some of them. Dr. Barai, if you want to excuse yourself, come back again. So Dr. Shivangi, you will have the, all the questions that you will re require to answer. There is a lot of uh, uh, noise pollution coming from your side. So let's check the mic. Uh, Control, please, let's ask the question. So thank you very much. Let's go to the questions. And Mr. Karan Batra is asking a question, Dr. Shivangi. We need equal representation and awareness about India and Hinduism in both Democrat and Republican parties. Jewish community has done it successfully. We should learn. What's your message for that? Dr. Shivangi, you go. Dr. Shivangi, can you speak? Can you hear me? Hello? Okay, let me, Karanji, let me answer this question while both the gentlemen had some emergency, of course. Uh, you know, yes, we definitely agree with you that we need equal representation and awareness. I wouldn't know the word equal because you can't have equal. It, it is, uh, so it is, uh, so it is, it is totally different from that. But awareness, yes. We have to create awareness in both the groups, just as Jewish people have done. Poonam Abi, the Congress Muppet CM of Punjab is a Christian. How he is then a Dalit? Christians claim they have no such discriminatory categories. Is that not bigotry? Poonam Ji, agree with you. I don't even want to argue that position because I'm in total agreement with you in this regard. Thank you for bringing that point. <coughs> Karan Bhatra is saying, inspirational story by Dr. Barai. I suppose you are referring to the nuclear thing. You want to add your part of the thing on the nuclear thing because George Bush was the president at that time? Please. Oh, he disappeared again. The camera is playing hooky with him. Next question. Poonamabhi uh, uh, Ji is, why is Dalit a jati and not a temporary situation as the word stands for? All who are using it are bigots and hypocrites and the wokes breaking up the family. You know what, Poonamji, you are right, because I was going to say that in this country particularly and globally, globally, mind you, uh, we must drive home the point of the Varna system because it's important. In the doctor's office, the disease doesn't know religion. Just for, as for a banker, as me, money has no religion. It's for a project or something that you lend to. As a bridge or the iPad or iPhone doesn't have a religion. So we have to begin to consciously talk about the occupation, the job that one does. Today, I'm a banker. I am also in television. I could be something else day after. The fact that there is a complete mobility in Hinduism, the old Warner system that we had, and it still is there actually, is that you know the president of India is a is a is from Dalit community. What more example do you need? Do we need the world know, needs to know that there is a complete mobility for somebody to move from one particular occupation 
to another. None whatsoever. Thank you. Purnamji, next question is also yours. How is caste going to be confirmed? What evidence? Hamare paas koi kagaz nahi hai. Will USA to push us into caste same way their forefathers and the Brits did? Exactly the point. That's why I have, uh, taking the cue from your question, I have already invited Equality Labs to talk about their entire fiasco, the, the bogus narrative that they're, they're you know, loading on us. And we need to contest that. We need to ask that. We need to demand to know that. That's why I'm repeating, perhaps for the third time, that if there are people who know Dalit members who are unhappy, annoyed with their treatment in this country on the basis because they have a specific caste nomenclature, let's talk about it. Unless until you talk about it, you can't resolve your problem. Thank you very much for asking this question, Poonamji. Next. Poonamabiji again. Where do we go from here? Do unto others before they do unto you now that they have disclosed the intent. Money talks, no taxes without representation. You are right, Poonamji. Money talks and we have to, you know, I have like, like he, this gentleman said, that we have to begin demanding of our, wherever we give loan, we, we give donation for campaigns. <clears throat> so the point which I am trying to make here is when you campaign, make campaign contributions, that's the time you have to take a pledge from them. What is your stand on Hindus? What is your stand on Hindu issues? Make a commitment that if anybody is doing anything against our interests, you will let us know so that we can contest that. Thank you. Praveen Khase. How do we connect to Dr. Shivangi or Dr. Barai to contribute? We will definitely let you know. So you uh, get in touch with me. You have my where, whereabouts, Praveenji, and uh, you know I will let you know exactly. Thank you very much. We will. We would like to have that contribution because there are many battles to be fought. Much appreciate your contribution as well as the offer to help. Thank you. Next question, please. Next question, please. Poonamji again. Vibhutiji, we will all benefit greatly reading Professor R. Vedanathan's book, Cast as a Social Capital. Thank you very much. I will, I will make a note of it, and I will definitely keep that in mind. So, viewers, we have a dual platform, Jaipur Dialogue USA and Jaipur Dialogues. Subscribe to both, like both, share both, and contribute to both. With these words, I want to thank all of you for joining the show. See you again next week. Satyamev Jayate. Thank you. Press the bell icon on YouTube and don't miss another update.